Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Kat. And this is Cherry. And you're listening to Keeping It Creepy with Cherry and Kat. Yay. Hey. <laughs> so this is a first for us. Um, this is actually a re-recording. <laughs> right? <laughs> and we have never done this before. We have had some pitfalls along the way. We've changed our uh, microphone and inputs. We've switched computers that we've used. And, yeah. And editing programs and, and even hosting sites. And sometimes our episodes haven't been great or we've even lost a couple along the way. But this is the first one that we made, we really enjoyed, we thought was good. Yes. And we just got to do it again. We just got to do it again. Yeah. R.I.P. in the tall grass. <laughs> oh, gone forever. Gone You'll forever. be... <laughs> Never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are talking about Carrie and Carrie the, uh, rage. the rage, not Carrie Two. Is there a Carrie? I guess Carrie Two is the rage, yes. right? But the original Carrie from 1976, and then Carrie the rage from the year I didn't write down. So never mind. I don't know. Nineties, ninety something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. maybe. It's definitely ni- the nineties. Let's just say that it's the late nineties. I do know that. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Okay. So. Um, Spoiler-free synopsis, as we always try to start. Although, if you haven't seen Carrie, what are you doing? (laughs) Go watch it. But Carrie, the original, is about um, a young girl named Carrie who um, is uh, going through some typical, not typical, but movie-typical teenage bullying high school life. She has a super extra Bible-thumping religious mom, which makes her life very difficult and challenging. She discovers that she has... um, powers telekinesis um and because of the bullying and her telekinesis in true horror fashion uh things go awry i'll just leave it there yes end of spoiler (laughs) end of spoiler oh also let's just go ahead and uh spoiler free synopsis carry to the rage yes essentially this girl is a and not an ancestor a half sister a half sister to carry in the original and um she already knows that she has powers. Some tragic things happen to her. And again, in true horror fashion, things go awry. Okay, yes, she so. loses control. Yes. So um, if you've never seen the original Carrie, what is wrong with you? Go and watch it. Good Lord. Now, if you haven't cultural seen... Cultural touchstone. It is an icon. Like, it is a mandatory... It is on the horror 101 uh, syllabus. Yes. You have to see it. Absolutely. And if you haven't seen The Rage, I get it. It's an okay movie. Go ahead and watch it. I really enjoy it. Um, a couple, I'm just going to throw out some quick fun facts. Um, when the first uh, Carrie was being cast, it was being cast at the same time as Star Wars. George Lucas and Brian De Palma were besties. And so that means that, yes, Carrie Fisher read for Carrie. That's amazing. And that Tommy, who ends up being the tragic boyfriend in Carrie, read for Luke Skywalker. Which, yeah, Which would have been very interesting. Very interesting. Right. <laughs> um, also, PJ Souls, who we talked about in the uh, Halloween Yeah, yeah, is in this one too. Is in this, and this is actually where she was scouted for Halloween mm. because of uh, John Carpenter just really liked how she said totally in Totally. The movie. <laughs> Which is, what a, what a fabulous reason to yes. hire. <laughs> to so hire specific. Yes. <laughs> PJ Souls. PJ Souls. Um... <laughs> So we open up with a, you know, big nudie scene. Yeah. A a surprising amount of frontal nudity for uh, 76 because good grief. Like, and I mean, for today, it wasn't a big deal like to see. So it's essentially, they're supposed to be teenage girls. They're clearly not actually teenage girls. Yeah. But they are um, in the locker room after gym class, taking showers, putting on their regular, getting out of their uniforms, taking a shower, putting on their regular clothes. But it is not only full frontal boobage, it is full frontal 
a vagina. Yes, full yeah. muff. Full muff, just right, just right there, just on the screen. And I, I was like, oh, that's what year is this? I just, I don't know, the seventies. You, just, I just thought that they were a little more, um, you know, demure as far as movies go. But maybe not. I guess not. Or maybe because it's horror, they were allowed to do that. Anyway, so you have all these girls changing clothes, and then we have Carrie in the shower, showering a little sensuously to be in a room full of people. Um, it seemed to be the kind of shower you would take alone, but whatever. But, uh. but later on when she does bathe in her own home, yes. we realize she doesn't have a shower at home. She only has an old-fashioned bathtub, so maybe she is really enjoying a rare hot shower. Right, she's genuinely enjoying the shower. Um, and she starts her period, which is the inciting incident, yeah. is that she starts her period, so you know things are kicking in, and it is weird uh, because she is clearly supposed to be 16, 17 years old, so to be getting your first period at that age is rare. Usually at the, usually if you're 16, 17 and you haven't had a period, your mother's taking you to the doctor to just make, check it out, make sure you're okay. Which yeah, she caught, could have been, but it's just strange. She freaks out because her super religious mother has never told her about this particular portion of life, which I'm going to say now as a mom, I don't know what age I would tell my kid, but by 16, she would know. Um, and so she freaks out and that is when... The important bullying happens. Yes. Yes. So all the girls already don't like her. If you have much experience with kids, and one of the things that I think rings really true in a lot of Stephen King things, because bullying is kind of a reoccurring theme of his, yeah. it's that in general, we tend to think of like, oh, let's root for the underdog. Bully's a bad person. But in real life bullying, it's usually the kids that fit in or even set the standard who are the bullies. And it's the kids that are outside of the standards already ha who already have some kind of social nonconformity that makes everyone gang up on them, even sometimes the adults. And so Carrie, because she's raised by the super religious mother, um, because she isn't really socialized, she doesn't really understand much about the world, um, she doesn't have any self-confidence, uh, nobody likes her, not even the teachers. Right. And so when she starts crying and screaming, she legitimately thinks that she is bleeding to death. She has no idea where this blood is coming from. It seems to be coming from inside her. She thinks she's dying. Mm -hmm. And so because she isn't very well socialized, she isn't able to say, hey, what's wrong with me? And then maybe it would be a funny story. And someone yeah. would go, oh, it's just your period. Here's a tampon. Have a nice day. Yeah. Um, she clutches she gets out of the shower she's completely <laughs> naked and she starts clutching at people and begging for help which means she's just smearing blood all, all over the clothes. place yeah all over sue snell's clothes <laughs> right and of course these poor girls she's now back in her school outfit she has to go and sit in class like this like yuck so they in true bully fashion start throwing tampons and pads at her because that's what teen i mean not and screaming plug it up because right. at this point it doesn't they're like oh what an idiot i can't believe she doesn't know what this is um as opposed to wow this kid legitimately thinks she's dying right we like should, what is wrong with this girl we should we should tell her she's not dying <laughs> that would that would be a nice thing to do except then the the pe teacher comes in and does not say you're not dying she's like calm down and then she slaps her across the, the shit out of her bam <laughs> and when she does that the light overhead breaks and yes. that is the first flare of carrie's power so carrie doesn't get any of her telekinetic powers it's implied until she reaches womanhood yes by <laughs> having yeah so i mean the the book is a classic stephen king book and it does a lot of things early on that become horror tropes later in a good way 
but it's also very painful to read because he is trying to get into the mind of 16-year-old girls as, you know, a 35-year-old man. <laughs> right. And some of the stuff's a little weird, especially when he talks about boobs and menstrual joy and just <laughs> shit that I don't need men to talk about no. ever. Just no thank you. Also, if you're a man, just quickly, I've never, women don't, no one is excited for that. I mean, I guess maybe if you think you're pregnant, but no one's going to refer to it as menstrual joy. That's just not a thing. No, no. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I won't even say not everyone. Maybe that, maybe that, that sounds like kind of a hippie white woman thing, but well, like maybe, true. maybe some hippie white women are really into it, but not like poor religious zealots. Like that's not a thing. No. It's an inconvenience at best. Yes. You know, I, oh, and I can't understand her being excited. Like, Oh, Hey, guess what? I'm not dying, but that's not how it's written. That's not how she's, that's not what she's thinking. No. 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 Anyway, they send her home. She's smart, which I do like. And she figures out real quick that she's got powers. Some kid is talking shit to her on the way home. Yep. Scary, Carrie, scary, Carrie. And she psychically pushes his ass off the bike. Yes. And that is the second act of her powers. And so she's figured it out that quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she goes home. And again, because she's smart, she is pissed at her mother for never having her told, never having told her that this is going to happen. Like, and so her mom, uh, the school has already called her mother to let her know what happened, that they were sending Carrie home. And Carrie is ang rightfully angry that her mother, because she embarrassed herself at school all over something she should have known about. Um, and her mother, instead of being like, oh, great, you're, let's ha sit down and have a chat about our growing bodies, she like, Puts her into a prayer closet. Yeah. She beats her and throws her in a closet. Yep. Throws her in a prayer closet. And she has to pray now for, I guess, forgiveness. For the sin of blood. For the sin of blood. Except, you know, anyone who's not a crazy religious zealot knows you, there was nothing she could have done to stop it. It's not like she... Her mother is like, well, what did you do? What sin did you... She didn't sin. She's just a girl. Yeah, it just happens. It just happens. Um, so one thing that I thought was also neat is that uh, even though, of course... Uh, Margaret White, I think, yeah, the I think mother, so. her religious zealotry is based on Christianity. In order to conflate like how out there she is, none of the Bible verses that she quotes or none of the stories that she tells are correct or not the right verse, which shows that she is 100% twisting her religious beliefs to fit her own world narrative, and she's not actually a Christian at all. No, Uh for example, the she tries to claim that part of Eve eating the apple, well, the fruit, but we call it an apple, you know, people say an apple, um, was getting her menstrual cycle. But the, your menstrual cycle is literally never mentioned, not one time in the Bible. Yeah, God says she's going to suffer the pain of childbirth, but menstrual cycles and bleeding is not, those. No, nothing even similarly similar to that is anywhere. Be, and I was like, that's not a real Bible verse. What are you saying? Like, <laughs> that's not, mm, I don't think that's how that goes. Oh, you're just making up shit. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of a neat thing that I thought, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess people who want to do religious type horror will pick a religious scapegoat. And I thought this was a neat way of doing that without necessarily saying Christians are bad. Right. Cause no one, no one's going to be offended by her fake Bible verse. Right, by somebody literally making up Bible verse. <laughs> right. 
So after after that, um, you know, all the girls who ganged up on her get punished by the gym teacher. And I think it's kind of neat because the gym teacher is really hard on them. And you feel like part of the reason she's so hard on them is because she also hates Carrie. Yes. And so she's doing it out of a sense of guilt. Like, if I was in high school, I would have done that too, and I feel bad about it, mm-hmm. so now I'm going to extra punish you. And their punishment, she wants them to not be able to go to prom and to be suspended for a couple days. The principal says, no, it's the 70s. We don't really care about right. bullying. Plus, that's, all they did was throw some tampons at her. They didn't beat her up. Like, right, yeah. so you just, you know, they have to do a week's detention with you. You can do whatever you want to them because it's the 70s. Yes. Uh, and, but <laughs> as long as they behave, nothing goes on their permanent record. They can still go to prom. Everything in their lives are good. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of reads them the riot act. Some of the girls care. Some of the girls don't care. But the two outliers are Sue and Chris. Yes. And so both of them are supposed to be really popular. Popular pretty girls. Mm -hmm. And it sort of seems like they're friends. It does. Kind of. Like at least until this happens. Right. Yeah. Um, So Sue... She feels genuinely really bad. And so she's like, wow, yeah, I should have known better. That is true. That's terrible. And so she starts to think of a way to make it up to Carrie. Right. Whereas Chris throws a little bitch fit, doesn't want to do jumping jacks. (laughs) Nope. And (laughs) gets slapped. In the face. (laughs) This gym teacher, that's her her go-to move right there. You not (laughs) Slap the shit out of her. And it's the 70s, so she's not worried about her job. Yeah, fuck that. So she slaps her and then tells her... You know, now you suspend it for three days and you can't go to prom. So, of course, Chris is like, well, I can't do anything as a teacher. I'm going to take it out on Carrie. Yep. So, two girls, opposite goals. Opposite goals, right. So, then um, we see... Oh, so then after that, we see Chris on her date with John Travolta and the weird blowjob. <laughs> Both of her hands are on his chest. Yes. And she is talking and... That's just not how blowjobs work. And also by talking, we mean she's as clear as we are right now. And having, Billy, Billy, do me a favor. What are you even doing down there? Well, allegedly in the midst of a blowjob, but her, she's talking as clearly as I am right now. I mean, I just. And both her hands are visible on the (laughs) upper part of his clothes So I don't. So what is what is happening? And like, yeah, of course she's not actually doing it because it's a movie, but like. No one on set had ever given or received to be like, that doesn't look, it could look a little more accurate. Or I don't know, maybe say your lines after. <laughs> could you just, just say your lines after. We could just, whatever. Did we need the blowjob? No. No. It doesn't. Whatever. So, <laughs> weird blowjob. Um, she asks him to do her a favor and she tells him that she hates Carrie so much. So we know whatever is a, whatever this favor is, he's going to help her get back at Carrie. And then I think the next thing, probably not in order, but next important thing is Sue Snell and curly-haired Tommy going to, like, they invite Carrie to the prom. Well, that makes it sound polyamorous. Oh, that's what I'm sorry. Sorry. No, no. He, Tommy. Yes. Sue tells Tommy to invite Carrie to the prom. She's like, you take her instead of me. Right. Yes. We're still dating. I'm not breaking up with no. you. I like you. You like me. But I feel bad about picking on her. She doesn't get to go to nice things. She'll right. feel normal. You're popular. And he already seems like a pretty nice guy. Yeah. She stands up for him in class when... Um, Carrie English, does. Yeah. Carrie does. Mm-hmm. When the English teacher is kind of picking on him about a poem. And so that kind of 
seems to be their common thread. You can tell that she kind of likes him because he's popular and he's yes. a nice guy. And he thinks well of her because she seems to be a nice girl, even if she's kind of weird. Right. And so he says, okay. And he asks Carrie to the prom to be genuinely to be nice to her. Yes. And then Carrie tells, um, the gym teacher. Yes. Because I guess she's, she, the gym teacher is the only person she feels like she can talk to since she clearly cannot talk to her mother and right. she doesn't have any friends. So when she tells the gym teacher that she got invited by this very popular, handsome boy, gym teacher in front of her is like, oh, that's really nice, honey. But then she goes and reads Tommy and Sue Snell the riot act because she's like, how dare you pick on this poor girl? And they're like, no, really, we genuinely are trying to like, I'm trying to be nice to her. And then it's like, but she said no anyway, because Carrie, although really flattered by the invitation is not stupid right right and so she doesn't just like take the bait and fall for it so tommy actually does have to put in some effort yes. to get her to say yes to this invitation yeah so eventually she does say yes and of course her mom tries to put a stop to it yes uh but at this point carrie's gone to the library and she used the dewey decimal system right to i love that watching her books. in the library with open the drawer with Car- the car let's get along oh. <laughs> the olden it. the olden Fla- days flashback <laughs> Um, so she's read up a little bit on it. She has an idea of what she's doing. She kind of practices a little bit. Yeah. Um, she feels like she's getting some control and she uses it to basically tell her mom, you can't control me anymore. Like I am going to go do this thing. She doesn't hurt her. The most she does is push her onto the bed. Right. But she says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the prom with a very nice boy. He's going to have me back early. Yep. Like everything is going to be okay. And her mom, because she's a horrible person, mm-hmm. tells her, you know, there's no way he means it. Yep. They, this is a joke. They're all going to laugh, gonna at, laugh you. at you. Mm-hmm. And at, at the time, of course, Carrie says, that's not, that's not true. I'm, I'm going to believe in this. I'm going to put my faith into it. The, the teacher told me that I should do it. Tommy seems genuine. I'm going. And she goes to the prom. Right. Because Carrie is smart. She actually, she can read people. Yeah. Like she might not have trusted him at the beginning, but like she is genuinely aware and is reading him correctly. Like right. he was really just going to take her to prom, show her a good time. In the very polite way, you know, maybe get her a snack. Yeah. Take her back home. That was it. Yeah. Go back to his girlfriend. Right. Done. And yeah. Carrie doesn't seem to think that now they're going steady. No. She thinks that this is a one-time very nice thing that's happening. Yeah. She clearly understands that he's just being nice to me. Like, we're not going to make out in his car or anything. No. We're just going to go have a nice have a nice time at the dance and go home. Like, right. That's it. Yeah. So, meanwhile... Chris and her delinquent 45-year-old boyfriend, John Travolta. That's not fair. John Travolta is only like 23 in this movie, but, but he, he just, already looks. He looks like he doesn't, uh, just with like add hair to John Travolta yeah. today, and that's what he looks like. He got, he, he had a 45-year-old chin <laughs> at like did. 16. Yes. Or no, if you've seen Pulp Fiction, that face. Yes. <laughs> As, <laughs> As a, as a child. As a child. He, they should not have let him in the prom in the first place. <laughs> no. This is that TikTok, like, that, that, that girl is a child. <laughs> that girl is a child. <laughs> Don't want to see you sniffing around here. Right? <laughs> and coming to the door, and they're going, sir, where's your license? Let me see how old are you. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to a pig farm and kill an animal because yep. that's what psychopaths do. <laughs> that's what psychopaths do. It's not even their animal. They no, just kill they break random... into some random guy random pig farmer's farm and they just slaughter his stole pig. his pig so and they get the bucket of blood and they rig it on stage and then they with their other popular asshole friends yes um set it up so that they are going to rig the election right so that carrie wins queen so they can dump blood on her and humiliate her in front of 
everyone. Exactly. And no one on this prom planning committee thinks it's strange when this guy who never give a shit about the prom the day of is like, hey, let me help you count the ballot. It's like, what? No. And PJ Souls, who can't be bothered to take her red baseball cap off for prom, no. starts trying to help count ballots. <laughs> shit is sus. Shit is sus. <laughs> <laughs> But no, and so Chris, because she's already mad, she can't go to prom anyway, is at the prom. Which, honestly, if you could sneak into prom to set that, couldn't you have just snuck into prom? Clearly no one... No one cared. No one cared. She could have just... Right, so <laughs> she and the boyfriend sneak, she and John Travolta sneak in so that they can pull the bucket at the right time and get to see the reaction. Yes, and up until this point, Carrie is clearly having a very good time. Yes. Like, she and Tommy are at the table and we see them kind of talking and the... PE teacher comes on, comes over and like checks in on her and Carrie is genuinely having a good time. Tommy is genuinely being a nice guy to her. And Tommy has two friends and it shows them kind of shopping for tuxedos together and having like a cute comic relief moment before things get really heavy. And their dates, while they seem a little surprised to see Carrie with Tommy, genuinely start to like include her in the conversation. Yeah, they're just like, oh, we're doing this? Oh, okay. And they go along with it. Yeah, yeah. and they, they talk to her about her dress. Oh my God, you made it. It's so pretty. And all, all of that. Yep. Um, and so she she's getting accepted, if not by the top tier, at least by like fairly high standing people. Yeah, right. These are not like the other misfit toys at the table alone. Like, no, she's becoming, she's being treated well by people at the school who matter. Yes. Yes. And that is what Sue tries to tell the coach is the goal. Like everyone thinks she's so fucking weird. She has no friends. Mm -hmm. She has no connections. If she just goes to this one event, because this is, this is the seventies. It's not like she's going to get to go across the country and, and start a new life. As soon as she finishes high school, she's going to be stuck in that same house, Mm -hmm. those same people with no future. Right. And she's going to have to just interact with these people who have all this negative perception of her from school. But if we can change that attitude going forward, right. If things will be better. And they're obviously like probably juniors or seniors. So just imagine she goes, she goes to prom, everything's fine. Maybe they invite her to a party or two and she shows up there. And because she, she's comfortable with this small group of people. She acts normal at the party. And then people just stop seeing, they're like, oh, I guess she's not that bad. Well, whatever. And then they might not be her friends, but at least they won't pick on her. Right. Right. So it's, it is meant to like improve her lot in life. And it seems to be working until she gets on stage. Yes. (laughs) And so Sue has also snuck into the prom more as a, I want to check this out. Yeah. And so she's checking and she doesn't get jealous. She, nope. she's happy that Tommy's doing exactly what she wanted her right. to. But while she's there, because she's strictly observing and not having fun and caught up in the moment, she notices the booby trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before she has a chance to do anything about it, the gym teacher sees her and thinks she's the saboteur. Right, she thinks she's there to do something. She doesn't know what, so she grabs her, and Sue can't get can't get her to understand. Like I'm trying to point to this thing that's under the stairs, and in the midst of that, Chris pulls the rope, and then this whole bucket of blood. And I mean, just imagine it is literally like a, a fire pail, a full size fire pail of pig's blood falls all over Carrie. And then everything, that's it. We're, that's it. Yes. Yes. Um, in true Stephen King fashion, one of the first things that happens after the bucket, bucket of blood gets poured is the bucket comes loose because they've pulled it so hard. Right. And it falls to the stage and hits Tommy 
In the head. In the head. And it kills, kills him. him. It's kind of implied in the movie because there's a lot going on. Right. But in the book, it's explicit that they actually, because it's told, I never say this right, apostolatory? Apostolatory? I, I think so. In in, in letters and reports. <laughs> yeah. Um, as well as in the moment. Um, and one of the reports is the, the coroner's report mm-hmm. on Tommy that says that he died the minute it hit him. It crushed his skull. And so he would have died even if Carrie... Hadn't, had right, hadn't done anything, right. Which it makes me feel better because I'm like, he's like, well, not the only one, but at least he didn't have to suffer the wrath right. for something that wasn't his fault. Right, so he didn't, because if he hadn't gotten hit, if he had been conscious, probably he would have been mad. He probably would have grabbed Carrie, dragged her out of there, right. um, you know, tried to get her cleaned up. Would she have still rampaged? Maybe, maybe not. But right. it, we never get to see what happens because this source of comfort is gone immediately. Mm-hmm. And Sue... Is, is dragged out by the PE teacher and the PE teacher pushes her out of the gym and shuts the door. So the other, someone else in the room who might've rushed to the stage and tried to help her also was not available. Right. Yeah. And so of course what happens is everyone is in shock and staring and the only people who know what's going on are the people who are in on it. Mm-hmm. And so immediately they start laughing. Right, which in reality is only like four people. Right, it's like a five, four or five people. Right. Right, mm-hmm. maybe like four or five people who rigged the um, uh, elections. And then there's Chris and, and John Travolta who are giggling as they sneak out the back. Right, yes. Um, and so, but to Carrie, it seems like everyone's laughing yep. at her because it's so quiet Right. And, and all, it's her worst night. Because everyone else is just standing there, mouth agape, like, don't know what to do. Just you, They've all had that <gasps> at the same time. And they're just standing there, like, waiting for something to happen. And so all she can hear are these people laughing. And then the next thing she hears is her mother saying, they're all going to laugh at you. And now she has to deal with her shitty mother was right about all these people. And I was a fool. And I let myself get set up. And she goes full rampage and it is so nice it is <laughs> it is beautifully shot so beautiful. for the for the techniques for the 70s the way that they split screen yes the way the color of the of the filters of the light change it's dramatic it's drastic sissy spacex posture in that dress yeah is amazing, amazing. apparently she did not shower for like three days. She would change out of the clothes, but she just kept the stuff in her hair because she was like, it looks exactly the same. I don't want to fuck it up. Wow. So she just stayed sticky and unhappy oh, no. for like three days while they were doing all of the, the the prom shots. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Dedication. That is acting. Right. Sissy <laughs> Spacek. I love her. So um, she slams the door shut. Right. And she even catches some of the, the yes. perpetrators. Because, well, the first thing she does is to call the lights out in the gym. And so I guess the red lighting would be like reserve lighting yeah, or like emergency, emergency lighting. lighting or whatever. And so everybody's like, oh shit, they don't know what's going on, but clearly something's going on. Um, and so people start to rush the doors and she slams them shut, including all these two boys who are like in the door at the same time, but they don't get out. They end up having to, she's squeezing the door so much, they come in and she closes the doors. Yeah. So the only person who gets out is Sue Snell. Right. Yes. Which is good. I mean, for her. Because yeah. she was doing a good thing. Um, and so then Carrie, so she cuts the lights out. She slams the doors. I think the first thing is the fire hose, right? She like 
uh, breaks the breaks out the fire hose and she's like, legitimately hosing these people down across the room, which it looks as terrible as it seems. I mean, like I don't you know most people have never been fire hosed before, but like being fire hosed is really dangerous. Like a legit fire hose, the water pressure is so high. It is like, I mean, it will break windows. It will like bruise you. Like it's terrible. Not so fun fact, because this is the 70s, they legit just turned a fire hose on these people <laughs> and they busted PJ Soul's eardrums. <laughs> so when she goes flying into a table, she went flying, she literally flying into, into a, table. a table. Yeah, uh, fire hose, not fun, not something, which is why they use them. Well, they don't now, but in the old days, in the 70s, that's why they use them on protesters because it is damaging. It's like equivalent to being like a, a rubber bullet, mm. essentially. Like it's going to hurt, it's going to bruise, it's harmful. Right. Um, and so she's got the fire hose going around, spraying all everyone. Um, I think that the fire starts because she shorts, she bursts yes, the lights. Right, she bursts the lights. So there, so fires are going because that, I don't know, principal and is he the guidance counselor or whoever the ball guy with the glasses gets like they they both get electrocuted. I think that was the English teacher. Oh, it was the English teacher. Yeah, the principal and the English teacher because they're like on stage like trying to get her off, and they get electrocuted, and so then the fires happen. Yeah, yes. and then from there because everyone is trapped, except for where well, Sue Snell. Oh, and then Chris and. Chris and John Travolta, Travolta. they they managed to sneak out right before all all the doors slammed shut. Right, because after the bucket, they did leave the gym, and they're looking down through some window from some hallway or wherever. So they are also out. And then, of course, Carrie herself gets out because she's the one causing everything. So they're all dead. She slow-mo, (laughs) big-eyed, blood-soaked walks through. It's beautiful. uh, And she... Gets outside, and of course, these dumbasses, yep. Chris and John Travolta. John Travolta, are like, huh, we should just hit her with a car. Mm-hmm. And they sure do try. They do try. And then just as they're about to hit her, Carrie turns around, because she has powers, and flips that shit. And I know that that's not really how cars work, but it explodes. Boom! <laughs> I like to think maybe she like psychic triggered it. Like maybe. Just, it's the beautiful yeah. explosion fireball. They have that split second where Chris really thinks she's going to finally win. And it, but no, bitch, you're going to die right here in a fire. Just like all of your friends. It's great. And then Carrie walks home. And now she has to... Well, no. She, you would think now she has to deal with her mother. But her mother, in truth... <laughs> In true creepy, weird mother fashion, instead of being there waiting for her to come back, like you would think a parent who, did, you know, your kid goes somewhere you don't want them to go, you're going to be like on the couch or at the kitchen table, wait, looking at your watch, wait, no. Her mother's like creepily just hiding in her room. She's like <laughs> standing behind the bathroom door. Yes. And the, so you see her, you see her as the audience. Carrie doesn't see her. No. Carrie comes in. She's covered in blood. She's upset. She's starting to come down from her rage yes. into like melancholy, <laughs> and and she goes in and takes a bath and gets all the blood off. Of and it her. implies that it's a long soaking bath. Yes, yes. I mean you got to get all the blood, all bits the blood, off you. right? So she gets out and she puts on her long virginal nightgown, steps into a room, and her mom is still there, <laughs> in the same fucking spot. She's not. Sitting. She hasn't moved in like an hour. She's just standing there all creepy behind the door. And then, and then of course Carrie's like, Mama, they laughed at me. You were right. I'm so sorry. I'll never 
disobey you again. And her mom's like, bet you won't. And bet you won't. And then she goes into this long, dramatic, I should have killed you when you were born speech. They yes. told me you were, I knew you weren't. And then pl- where it, she hints that Carrie's father, I guess not raped her, but basically that the mother uh, like was it was consensual sex, but because this woman is so religious, she immediately regretted it yes. after the fact. And so then she gets pregnant, and she already regrets having sex because they weren't married. No, they were married. They weren't. Yeah, so they married. get married. Where's the regret? They have an agreement that they were going to live like Adam and Eve okay. before before the fall okay. of man, right? And chastely, and then one night he comes home drunk. And he goes for it, and she's like, meh. And right. she goes for it, too. Yeah, because it's consensual sex, right? And then he, you know, she she regrets it. And, you know, even if he was religious enough to not want to have sex on a regular basis, this lady is so fucking crazy. So crazy. That you're kind of like, okay, I see why you left. <laughs> and so he leaves, and, right. she's, and she just turns all that crazy regret energy on to Carrie. On to Carrie. And so she spends Carrie's entire life thinking Carrie is the product of sin, which is ridiculous because, again, in the Bible, I mean, it doesn't say that they have sex, but it doesn't say that they don't have sex. Right. They go forth and procreate. <laughs> right. We don't know how the, well, the children come from, but I, it doesn't matter. We don't, we don't need a diagram. <laughs> we don't need a diagram, right? Clearly God, inv- like, we all know how women get pregnant, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> with the exception of the Virgin Mary, who's called Virgin Mary for a reason. Um, right. So uh, she's all this time. And so now she's like, I should have killed you when you were born. And she stabs, she carries there and she's hugging her. And she's allegedly consoling her. And then she stabs this girl in the back. This girl who has repeatedly forced her onto a bed from across the room without her hands. A child that you believe is the child of Satan. Yes. What do you think she's going to do? What do you think she's going to do? A girl who, when you were going to leave, slammed all the windows shut at the same time. But you just, you're just going to stab her in the back. And not in some spot where you think this might actually kill her. No, nope, she just picks a random spot and just stabs her. And so what does Carrie do? She attacks as anyone would do. And then in the most s- s- silly but symbolic <laughs> death, she starts attacking her mother with various things in from their kitchen. And some of them are knives, but two of them are rounded cake spatulas. I think one of them is a vegetable peeler. One of them is a vegetable peeler. And her mother is pinned in this almost Jesus on the cross sort of position. Um, it mimics the weird glowy eyed crucifix that is in their prayer closet. Um, and her mother pinned dies. Carrie is now extra distraught because she's been embarrassed at this prom. She thinks all these kids laughed at her. She may or may not feel some guilt for burning the whole school down. We're not, that's not really clear, but she definitely feels guilt about killing her mother because although her mother was abusive, like you can tell that Carrie still has that, like she's abusive, but she's my mom, but I love her. She's all I've got. And so Carrie drags her mother into the prayer closet as their house begins to fall apart because the house is falling apart because of her powers. Right, she's losing control. Because she's so distraught and the house falls down on top of them. And they die together. And they die in the arms of each other. Right. Right. Which is a much better ending than what happens in the book. The book is pretty much up the same up to about this part. 
after Carrie goes home, she takes her bath. I don't actually know if she even takes a bath. She gets home <laughs> and mama attacks and she fights off mom. She just wanders the streets of Maine blowing up Exxon stations. Mm, okay. Mm. And until Sue Snell has been tracking her this whole time like an action heroine <laughs> through the streets. Because how? <laughs> and finds her. And at first Carrie's like this bitch. And she suddenly has um, telepathy on top of telekinesis. Mm, okay. Mm. And she pops into Sue Snell's mind and rips through all her memories. <laughs> and, and she realizes, oh, she really was trying to help me. They really weren't in on it. And then she collapses and I guess she's been slowly bleeding out from this wound that her mom made on her. Okay, that makes sense. And she, before she dies, she gives Sue Snell a final present because it turns out Sue Snell is teen pregnant. So, <laughs> so irrelevant. Yeah, it's kind of a one-off for one of the reasons why Sue doesn't really want to go to the prom besides being nice to Carrie mm. is that she thinks she might be pregnant and she's not ready to talk about it with Tommy yet. Yeah. She's like, I don't know. Do I really want to marry this football dude from my high school? I kind of <laughs> wanted to go to college and have a real life. I don't know how I feel about this. And she's like, I got you, girl. She gives her a psychic abortion. <laughs> then Carrie dies. That is how the book ends. What the fuck, Stephen King? What? So thank you, Brian De Palma, for cutting all that shit. Even Stephen King says it's a better version of his book. So we all agree. Right. In the didn't need that. In the movie, we know Sue Snell's alive, and she just we see her in a bed sleeping. Her mother's talking about her on the phone. She's worried, stressed, and Sue has a nightmare that she goes to visit the site of Carrie's home and Carrie like reaches out of the ground and grabs her. But it's just a dream. It's just a nightmare. Sue Snow wakes up and that's the ending. Thank yes. God. Tr a classic, <laughs> classic tale of revenge and women fighting and all kinds of like, all kinds mean of girl dynamics. Pretty right? much. And so that that's Carrie and Carrie is really good. And then that brings us to the rage. Carrie 2. Carrie 2. Which yes. is, I mean, if everything about Carrie that is 70s is 90s about the rage, Carrie so 2. So 90s. It's so good. And it wasn't actually meant to be a sequel to Carrie. They just saw, oh, another psychic girl. Let's make it work. Because <laughs> the tie is that Carrie's mom or Carrie's father, after he left crazy ass Margaret White, went off and knocked up another religious girl. Yes. Uh, and got her pregnant with Rachel, who is the main character of this story. Yes. Um, do we want to talk about that? Because they, they live in the same town. Yes. Yes. So he went off all two blocks away? Yes. <laughs> two blocks and 20 years later. Yes. Because Rachel, main character of Carrie 2, The Rage, um, not only is Carrie's half-sister, but she is... Going to so the school that Carrie burnt down in the first one, they rebuild it, uh, that high school at a different location, of course. Rachel goes to that school, um, and Sue Snell is her guidance counselor. Yes, yes. So there's a that there's that connection, and that's literally the only connection. That's literally get, that's it. All. Okay. Um, so Rachel is in foster care because her mom went Looney Tunes, and since it was the 90s, they actually did something about it and yes, committed her. Um, and she ended up in foster care, but she's still in the same town. She doesn't have a great life. Her foster parents clearly are just using her for a check. Right. She's not popular at school. She's kind of that goth, weird, whatever. Yeah. Um, she's got some friends, but 
they seem to be their own little niche group. Right. Because she's got that, the one friend who we're about to talk yeah. about. And then she's got that guy that friend that, that I was, the dude sometimes. that talks to her sometimes. Right. And that, yeah. And they seem to genuinely like yeah. her and care about her. Yeah. Um, but her, her biggest connection is her, her best friend, her female best friend. Now she has powers from the jump. Yes. That is actually what causes, well, they imply that that's what causes her mother to think she's crazy is that uh, she sees her daughter constantly doing these things and is like, are you, am I imagining this? You can't possibly have powers. Is it Satan? Is it the devil? And her mother has a psychotic break. Um, but we, it's clear from like childhood that Rachel could move things, et cetera. Yeah. Yes. So she's not, her puberty doesn't matter. Yes. There's no weird <laughs> menstrual shower scene. No. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, instead, it's just kind of that she is half in denial, half repressing it. Right. And so like you have these moments where she like like a something will slide or move or fall down and she like she tells herself to calm down to stop it. Like she knows she's doing it, but she doesn't want she doesn't want to be able to do that. Right. Right. Um so the movie the inciting incident here is that um Mina Sorvino. Mina Sorvino, that's her name. Right. Rachel and Mina Sorvino are riding the bus to school and we don't know what's, I mean, it's like football season and that'll be relevant later. Um, <laughs> and so she, um, they're riding the bus to school and Mina Sorvino tells her, you know, that she's finally done it. Meaning she lost her virginity to this guy who she's been talking to, but Rachel does not know who the guy is. Um, her friend is keeping the person who it is a secret, um, which is of course, again, relevant. Um, and in the midst of this particular day of school, the guy uh, breaks up with or cuts off this relationship with Mina Sorvino. She can't handle this rejection and all in that same day um, walks off the school roof to her death. Um, and so now Rachel has the one friend that she is closest to has now committed suicide on the same day that she was just super happy that very morning. And so Rachel is lonely and upset and she doesn't go full Carrie Rage yet because it's just the beginning of the movie. Right. But that is the like thing that starts the rest of this right. train. She's yes. losing her otherwise fairly solid grip on her emotions. Right. Um, because this is actually very loosely trigger warning, real life sexual assault stuff. Very yes. brief, not going to go into a lot of detail. Um, but there was a big case in the 90s um, where a group of young men in a, I want to say it was a California town, mm. a small town, were keeping a book of women they were sleeping with and you would get points for sleeping with them, but you only got a point for sleeping with a girl once. So the idea was to go out and sow your wild oats, right. which is gross to begin with, but in the real life case, it was straight up sexual assault. They would climb in people's windows, they would threaten them, they would get them drunk. Um, the youngest victim was 10. So, what? yeah, it was real, but because it was the 90s, it was a small town, and these were all upstanding gentlemen of the football team and community, um, that nobody went to jail. Nobody went to any, nobody got any jail time. In fact, the only arrest was for the 10-year-old, and the charges were dropped. So, afterwards, because this was about the time that reality TV was really taking off, these guys went on all the talk show circuits and tried to use this as a jump start into fame. And I will say... 
One thing that at least we collectively as a nation did was we looked at them, went, wow, that's gross. They can be on Maury. Okay, goodbye now. And afterwards, they had a hard time even getting jobs at like Baskin Robbins. Fuck them. I hope they're all dead. Right. Because collectively, we all, one thing we can all agree is that uh, rape is disgusting. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> they didn't actually profit off it, but they also weren't punished for it. Right. And so that's kind of the rough basis of this. Um, where they're keeping a scorebook for girls. They're giving points for sleeping with girls. You get a lot of points if a girl is really popular and pretty. Right. Or if she's particularly difficult. Right. Uh, and so... And it is implied in the movie, at least, that the sex is consensual. Yes. Yes. But there is a scene where they are trying to intimidate Rachel. Rachel. Mm -hmm. And they try to climb in her window. They physically threaten her. She is not wearing but a little towel. Right. And so you're kind of like, there's definitely some sexual assault vibes here. If she didn't have powers, if her parents didn't fortuitously come back right then, right. where would it have where gone? Where would it have gone, right? Because she is, so what happens is the boy who... Um, which is home improvement, home improvement. Right. Not, not JTT. The Zachary Ty Bryan. Yes. Right. So, um, of course, because this girl committed suicide on school grounds, it is being investigated. That's not right. Obviously. And so, um, the, they're being, she's being, he's being investigated. All these boys are being investigated because it, they find, is it that they find a picture of So her? first, Oh, that's right. First, the, the guidance counselor, Sue Snell, she, has been talking to all these girls and yes. she's finding all these girls who are kind of in distress, right. maybe borderline suicidal. And then this is the one who did it. And she pressure tries to pressure the, the local sheriff, like, Hey, you got to make an arrest. Yeah. Like, all I, these girls have come to me in distress because of this particular group of boys. You have to step they're, in they're, now. They're sleeping with them under false pretenses. And then afterwards telling them things like you're ugly. I'd never date you. Now that I've had sex with you, I'll never talk to you again. Right. And that ends up, you know, being too much for me in a Sorvino and maybe for other girls in the future. Right. So that's when they're like, you got to do something and they do an arrest, but it doesn't go, but well. it doesn't go well. Right. And so Zachary Ty Bryan is the one who slept with Mina Sorvino, which is, he was the one who causes her to, um, to kill herself. And before they go to Rachel's house, like Rachel works in one of those tiny little photo booth kiosks in the middle of the parking lot. Google it. If you're too young, to you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and they want, they know that, um, Mina Sorvino had taken a picture of her and Home Improvement together. And so they want to get those pictures. But Rachel is like, fuck you. That's my best friend. Why do I give you these pictures? And so they, um, and so at this point, Rachel also knows that one of the football players is the cause. And so they leave. And then that's when they go, they show up at her house, which she lives in a trailer. And so it's very intimidating because it's easy for them to just be on all sides. Yeah. And she doesn't really have a lot of places to run. It's not like it's a, full-size house yeah. and she could just like hole up in a bathroom. Um, but because she has powers, she keeps them at bay and then her false parents show up and so then they have to go away and thank God, right. nothing like that happens. And then parallel, there's one good guy who just doesn't mind that his friends are awful, I guess. Right, I guess. Um, not until it's his girlfriend, of course. Right. <laughs> but he um, helps Rachel, Rachel's dog gets hit by a car and she he helps her. Uh, get to the vet. He keeps your company. They have like a connection and they kind of start seeing each other. Yes. And this guy is also a piece of shit. He is also playing the game. He has slept with a super mm -hmm. popular girl who now thinks that they're dating, but he literally did it for the game. Right. And now he's moved on to Rachel who he seems to genuinely like. Right. He did. Right. And he, that's important. He does genuinely like Rachel, but you can't be, like play the game two days ago. And then your friends take this seriously. Like right. you picked 
the loner, weirdo, grunge girl, nobody over the super hot popular girl that you just slept with two days ago. Like, that's not... Yeah, and they already have beef with her. So, of course, it becomes a loyalty thing. Right. So, in order to get this guy good, to get him back on their side, Mm -hmm. and to punish Rachel for not falling in line and doing what they want, they come up with this revenge plot to humiliate her. Right. And it goes awry, just like Carrie. Just like Carrie. So, their revenge plot is that they decide to, um, they're throwing a part. Well, no. The so party this, is important. The party yeah. is important. So Rachel and this guy have been on like genuine dates. And so he, um, like they decide together that he is going to take her virginity. Like Rachel wants this. He wants this. He's a boy. Teenage boy. Of course <laughs> he wants this. But Rachel wants this. She decided that he's the one she's going to do this with. Um, but she hints to him that she wants it to be special. It's her first time. They're not just going to go have sex in the backseat of his car, which is literally where they're having this conversation. Yeah. Um, she kind of hints like, you know, I want you to like bring me flowers or something. So he actually invites her on a date. Um, and before that, date comes um his shitty friend who looks like great value ethan hawk um (laughs) (laughs) uh tells him you know i'm sorry i've been a shitty friend or whatever here have the keys to my parents summer home so you can have privacy so you can have nice privacy in a nice place or whatever take your girl over there whatever so the why don't i know his name this jesse jesse maybe I don't have any, any of my notes. Anyway, he's Jesse. Anyway. He looks like a Jesse. He looks like a Jesse. <laughs> so boyfriend and Rachel go to this summer house and as scheduled, I mean, he brings her flowers and as scheduled, they have sex in this summer home. That's important. And even, <laughs> even when she starts to hesitate, he tells her we can stop. And just like Carrie, where, you know, Carrie's like, oh, I'm nominated for prom queen. Should I take it? And he's like, you know what? It's 100% up to you. I'm yeah, not going to pressure you. I'm good. And so she's the one who says, yes, I'll be prom queen and get on the stage. Just yes. like Rachel's like, yes, let's go ahead and have sex now. Right. He genuinely only will do this if she wants to do this. And if this. she's comfortable. But little do they know, this whole thing is a trap and they are secretly videotaping this sexual encounter. Yes. I feel like somewhere in here, we should also mention the mom being at Arkham. Yes. The mom is at Arkham. <laughs> One of those terrible 90s horror movie, like, people wandering around randomly stereotypes of a mental hospital. Yes, and Sue Snell knows that, because Sue Snell, she sees a piece of evidence of Rachel's powers. Um, when they're talking, she's checking on Rachel after the death of Mina Sorvino, just kind of like, you know, doing a, like a, you know, doing a health check, mental health check. How are you? How are you doing? Are you, you know, grieving? Are you eating? Whatever. And Rachel gets upset and knocks a mug off the desk. And Susanelle immediately recognizes that. Right. Um, and so she wants to know more about Rachel and goes to visit Rachel's mother at <laughs> this asylum. And that's when we find out that Rachel is Carrie's half-sister because Rachel's mother tells her, you know, well, I met her dad and blah, 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 et cetera, and all of that comes out. Um, so now Sue Snell is like, well, oh, shit, this other loner, her best friend just murdered herself. I Sue Snell now is on a mission to make sure that Carrie, too, doesn't happen. <laughs> right, but of course, Rachel doesn't want to hear it. She's Things are going well, well with this boyfriend. She's getting her life together. She thinks she's got her powers under control. She doesn't want to have this conversation. Right. And so Sue Snell goes, you know what? I'm going to break your mom out. I'm going to break your mother out of this mental asylum, and then together we're going to talk to you. <laughs> yes. 
And <laughs> while she's having this whole Mission Impossible fucking side quest, yes. um, this- Rachel is Rachel gets grounded because she stayed out all night with the boy. Yeah, having, and they, the, parent, the boss parents don't know she was having sex, but she didn't come home that night. She yeah, like, they did slap her though, because so I guess they thought she was being slutty. Slutty, right there, whatever, in her grandmother dress, whatever. Right, but <laughs> oh God, these clothes. Oh God, that McCall's Simply Patterns. They're so 90s. Oh. So, but she thinks things are going good because not only, now Jesse's friends are being nicer, even the girls yeah. are saying, you know what, that Tracy, she's a jerk. We like you. We think that you're nice here. I saw yeah, a lipstick. I saw a lipstick you. for you. Yeah. And so she sneaks out of the house and goes to this big game. Right. The big game, <laughs> which is the first game. It's the first game. Okay. So it's the first game of the football season. We've had a lot. There's a lot has happened between the beginning of the movie and now. <laughs> How does football? I don't know a lot about sports. I mean, but, but... We, we, we're both English teachers. We yes, worked at high true. schools. The first game is usually like the. First week of school yeah. or like or sometimes even the week before school yeah. starts because the season. If you have scouts, they come sporadically throughout the season yeah, up until the end of the season. But not only, so not only is this the first game of the season, which is a stupid mistake, but it's the big game where they're allegedly playing like some big rival. And it is the only game that has scouts. And right. And all of the scouts in all of America scouting these football players are coming to this one game at the same time. And they lose this game horrifically. Um, but it's important because of course, I think his name is Jesse. Don't they win? No. I thought Jesse has like the winning touchdown and they carry him. You're right. So they start to lose. They start to lose. And that's when Rachel's like, I can't sit at home and be grounded. I have to be there for my man. And she leaves. And And somehow, but she shows up at like almost the end of the game. Yeah. And somehow the one touchdown that he makes is the winning touchdown. It's enough. It's enough. Winning touchdown. Jesse wins. And because he has the winning touchdown, the scouts all want to talk to him. Right. He gets delayed and everybody else heads off to great value. Ethan Hawks. Right. Like, Pool to this house. Pool house party, right. Party. And of course, Jesse had already invited her to the game. He had already invited her to the party. And just like when they first had sex, he it's up to her whether or not they go to this party. Because he's like, well, you know, I know you're not really good. For, you know, my, you're not cool with my friends or whatever. I just want to spend time with you. And so, and so she chooses to go to the party. Um, and so he's delayed talking to the scouts in the locker room. He tells one of his shitty friends, hey, can you let Rachel know um, that I'm being held up, but like to wait for me, I'll be right out. Like I'm, I'll be right out. And shitty friend is in on all of this, doesn't tell her, of course. And so his, oh, uh, great. <laughs> so his girlfriend. Um, glasses. Glasses. Okay. Great, great value, Alicia Silverstone. Yes, great value, because she's literally... <laughs> The clueless TV showgirl. Yes. So she is literally great value, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> um, they come out and they're like, oh yeah, I don't know, Jesse's whatever, he's taking too long. Hey, just ride with us. So she rides to this party with fake Alicia Silverstone and is it Tra- Tracy? Nope, and Deborah. Oh no, and Deborah, right, and this other friend. And they're like, oh, you're so pretty, you're so cute, whatever, driving her to this party, buttering her up, making her think. That they like her. And then they get to this huge, rich ass, I don't know, poolside, beach house, whatever. Big TV thingy. Yes. All be- over the wall. Because they live in this small town, but they have these California beachside sized homes. I don't know where we went. 
I don't know where this is set. I don't know set. where this is set. Um, and so, you know, all of these, the whole high school is there. This house is huge. These people are clearly rich. Rachel, who's never seen this kind of affluence before, is kind of impressed, but also keeping it cool. And these people are pretending to be nice to her. And so she genuinely thinks that they're going to be nice to her because she's Jesse's girlfriend. And so she's partying and having a great time. And then the boys start to talk about a game that Jesse won. Not the football game. Nope. But uh, she doesn't know that. And so they're laughing and they're talking about this game and how she helped them win the game. And she's thinking, oh, it's because I showed up at this football game at right the right moment. And then they toss her the notebook with all of the points and they flip right to her to Jesse's page. And there she is. And on the page, not only is her name written a lot larger than everyone else's, but they've given her, she's, he's gotten the most amount of points because he convinced her to have sex with him. Right, because she's difficult, because she turned down the alpha, alpha great value, Ethan Hawke. Yep. When he propositioned her, um, she told him that she was a lesbian, so he would leave her alone. Right. She is an outsider, and so he had to suffer to have sex with her. Yep. And he got proof because they didn't think he could do it, and so they he tricked her into coming to the summer house so they could videotape it, and then they start to play the video. Yep, in the middle of, of course, this party on all these great big screens. And of course, that's not true. We know that what happened is Jesse's tires got slashed after he was done talking to the scouts. Yes, by Tracy, that's right. By Tracy, the popular girl he didn't want to be with anymore after he got his points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's taken him on a detour and is specifically trying to keep him away so that their idea is by the time he shows up, Rachel will want nothing to do with him. Right. And she will be distraught. Maybe if they're lucky, she'll kill herself too. And Jesse will go, oh, why is she being such a bitch? You guys were right all along. Yep. And he'll come back to the fold. He'll date Tracy. He'll hang out with his bestie. Mm-hmm. And he'll get right back into that notebook. Yep. But of course, what happens is she loses her control of her powers. Loses it. They are playing her having sex with her boyfriend, which she thought was like a beautiful moment on like several big screen TVs. Everyone in the room. And this time see. everyone is laughing at her. Yes, because everyone like this is, not, they, I mean, they're shitty high school. Yeah, they're like, all the popular kids, all the kids who are in on it. So even the ones who might think it's messed up are going to laugh because it's socially acceptable where they are. Yeah, exactly. And so she thinks that he had sex with her to win this disgusting game. And she goes full Carrie. Yes. Yeah. And one of the cool, the cool thing that she does first is that she shatters the glass doors behind her. Yes. And all of the glass comes inward. So imagine just a full, it's like an entire wall of glass, essentially. And fun fact, they had to do it three times. And because it was the 90s, it is not fake glass. <laughs> it's real glass. And that's why they don't, do not show her during any of the rage scenes from behind because she was cut to fuck. That's horrific. <laughs> horrific. They had to do it three times because the first time she flinched. Of course sec- you, you're being... Stand. She's literally getting cut, and they were like, "Oh, um, I know you're being cut and you're bleeding, but we're gonna have to do cut you some more. So try not to look sad." I don't remember what happened the second time. Maybe like she like frowned, but there was some other physical reaction. Oh my god! And they were like, "One more time!" <laughs> and the third time, she is dead stone cold face. I mean, wouldn't you be? She deserves like an Oscar for that. <laughs> three shattered glass walls on her whole backside. Yes, and only her because she's the only person in the whole shot. Yes. Yeah. It is a great shot. It is, but but you Jesus. couldn't get some. You couldn't get some spun glass. Like the fuck. Thank you. But right. But Jesus. <laughs> so she. So she. Breaks the, all the glass. And some of the glass goes into the party goers. So yes. a head just rolls on by. <laughs> yeah. That had to be a giant ass piece of glass. Yeah. 
Because you don't see the you don't see how he's decapitated. Mm. You just see a head rolling across. There's people the floor. with like glass in their throats. Yes, like. and everyone's screaming and running. And of course, they can't get out because she's keeping the doors closed. Um there's that, oh, instead of the fire hose, she starts to pull CDs from all 90s. out of the CDs and DVDs from off the shelf. And she's literally not out of their cases. Like they're being like shuriken. Yes, shuriken. 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 <laughs> Nunchucks, that's wrong. <laughs> ninja star. They're being yes. ninja starred into people. It's beautiful. Just like a tech. One person gets like hit with like six of that them. That was Deborah. Oh, that was bitch. Deborah, bitch. <laughs> and she's like killing people with the DV- CDs and DVDs and everything is just going to hell. And things we- are on fire. Yes. Because there's a whole wall of, of liquor and she just bursts oh, all the bottles. Oh, that's right. That's right. She breaks. Oh, it's, it is. It's great. It is a really great murder scene. We have to also include how, so she and her best friend, which we didn't mention before, had these uh, matching tattoos. It was like a rose with like lots of thorn vines on it or whatever. edgy. Yeah, edgy and cool. And the first thing that happens actually is that all the thorns on her tattoos spread all over her body and her face. I don't know. It's cool though. Because it's cool as hell. Yeah. It looks cool. Really cool. all over her head and her body and it's super cool and so everyone is running and screaming and trying to get out and they like don't want to go over there because she's over there what the hell are we going to do the doors are closed um at some point sue snell yeah so this is right when sue snell yes. rolls up the murder cds fire starting glass yep she's slamming all the doors shut uh one of the popular guys runs towards the front door. One of them instigator. I feel like he's the one who lied. Yeah, he's the one who 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 was like, oh yeah, he's gonna you should ride with us. He's yeah. gonna be hell yeah. So he was a, a higher tier asshole. Yeah. Um he's run into the door and he actually manages to get it a little bit open mm-hmm. and she sends a poker from the fireplace like yep. a javelin and it goes through his head. Um unfortunately it's quite long so it goes through his head. Yep. Through the door. Yep. Through Sue Snell. Who just happened to be looking in the peephole at the time. Right. Because um, she had shown up with with uh, Rachel's mom in yes. order to try to uh, prevent a murder. Right. She wanted to convince her that she was, in fact, Carrie's half-sister. Because the whole town knows about Carrie. At this point, Rachel's like, oh, that's an urban legend. And she's yeah. like, and that, no, I live her as like a like a Bloody Mary kind of thing. Yes. Not, not as somebody who actually had powers. Like she was some crazy bitch who killed people and set the school on fire. Right. But Sue Snell is like, no, I live to tell the tale. And so she wants Rachel's mother to tell her who her father is to convince her. But it's way too late. Right. And on the way, one quick little note, um, we, you know, because Sue Snell's like, oh, it's okay. I'm going to break you out because you want to help your daughter. And I want to help your daughter. And this whole time you thought you were crazy, but you weren't. Your daughter really does have powers. Right. And then they're driving down the road and the mom, and the mom is like, oh, hey, Mr. So-and-so, how are you? Oh, he always had a sweet, there is no one there. No, Sue Snell's like, who? And she's like, him on the corner. And, and you can see Sue Snell's face is like, oh shit, she really is. Oh shit. I really did break a crazy ass person out. Of oh her. no, she really does have schizophrenia. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, we're just going to keep going, Let's I guess. Let's just keep driving, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh rachel um at this point there's only like three people left yeah it's alicia silverstone ethan home improvement Hawk. yeah home yes. impro- oh right home improvement fake alicia silverstone fake ethan hawk because yes. they are the top tier worst instigators like well and tracy besides tracy but she's, she's not, not there, there yet, yet. right yes <laughs> <laughs> so the three of them they decide they're gonna fight back and they find like harpoons Literally, literally harpoons. harpoons yeah. And this, I love this. In a bedroom. I just want to put it out there. Okay. Yeah. They, they're like, we're gonna try to, we're gonna try to escape. And they find some glass that she didn't break somehow. And they're like, we're gonna shoulder through this door, this glass door. We're gonna break this. Glass we're big. Door. We're football players. We're right? tough. 
but both of them do it. They both break two separate, separate. glass panes <laughs> at the same time. Why? Why? <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, the dime store Alicia Silverstone just steps on through. Steps on over, I guess. Uh, yeah, and okay. they, they have their final standoff right by the pool. Yep. And, oh. Beautiful. Okay, so, so, uh, so they've got these harpoons. And they're intending to use them. And, you know, they're giving Rachel their bad guy stare and speech, whatever, first. So the first thing that she does is uh, uh, Dime Store Alicia Silverstone is wearing glasses and she shatters the glasses into her eyes. It goes, the glass goes in her eyeballs. Into her eyeballs. Like deep because she lo- kind of loses control of her limbs. Yeah. Uh, she accidentally shoots. Yeah, she somehow knocks and Home Improvement shoots the harpoon he's holding into his crotch and sun and stars all <laughs> all we see them flying through the air attached to the harpoon and into the pool and into the pool literally all all of the, the parts whole, the, the whole enchilada the whole the enchilada and the side dishes <laughs> all of everything goes into the and of course, because it was through his dick that her best friend committed suicide. It is apropos. It is apropos. So both he and Alicia Silverstone, dime store Alicia Silverstone, um, basically pass out, seize, yeah. and die of blood loss. And all of blood loss, right. Because they're fucked up. They've got glass in the brain. You're right. missing a whole part. And if he didn't die, he was down there hoping he would. Oh, yes. And so that just leaves Ethan Hawke. Her, he manages to injure Rachel. He shoots her the flare gun. Right, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from either. And they both end up in the pool. She gets out. Right, because she grabs the harpoon and like, uh, oh, because she triggers the pool cover. Yes, which I am scared of pool covers, even though now in hindsight, I don't think this is how pool covers work. I feel like it isn't. But I am scared of them because of this movie. (laughs) Um, The pool cover starts, the automated pool cover starts going across the water and it knocks... Him in the back uh, of the head. Yeah, great value. Right. Ethan Hawke in the back of the head and kind of knocks him unconscious for a second or dazes him. So yeah. he sinks below the water and the whole pool gets covered. She finds the harpoon that he they were wielding right. and manages to cut a hole, climb out, and get out. Yes. Um, but Dime Stewart, Ethan Hawke, by the time he comes to, he can't find the way yeah, out. He's confused. He panics. Yeah. And, and so he, he drowns. drowns. Yeah. Um, which I don't think that's how pool covers work, but I am really scared of them. Maybe no, it is. I, I don't know. I feel like he could have gone to the edge. Whatever. It is Whatever. I fit, like just it hold it up push a little it bit and, and, little and breathe. And and then then it can't be that deep. That whole pool wasn't 10 feet deep. It wasn't. No, I just... No. It also implied he could swim because he got to the top. So he could have just... Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't, yeah, so many things. Anyway. Okay. But he died and it was cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, at this point, Rachel goes back into the house and now... I think <laughs> Tracy and Jesse, Jesse are just up. they're just now arriving. <laughs> and Tracy's like, oh, what, what's happened here? <laughs> right, but she's so chill about it. There are she's so chill. There's like a hundred dead bodies, blood everywhere, limbs. She's just like a head rolling over dead people in her little platform. Just like, oh, what's going on here? Like things are on fire. Just like, like whatever. Okay. <laughs> she's well well, Jesse, of course, is aptly genuinely reacting and so he's like looking for people he knows looking for his friends and he sees Rachel and he is concerned about her because he does not initially realize that she's the one who caused all of this but he again genuinely concerned for Rachel um she sees him she sees Tracy and it's like oh well there's that bitch and like a beam she pushes a yeah she like pulls the pulls beam, the beam or something from off the ceiling down onto Tracy so now Tracy is dead but Jesse not grasping what is happening here the boy is not smart not smart um he runs 
to, to check on Tracy and however Rachel felt about him before that is the straw that broke the camel's back. And she's like, Oh, you really were on in on this. And you don't know what she's talking about, but they're like talking or whatever. And how does she find out that he, she's threatening him, but she clearly doesn't really want to kill him. Um, and he's trying to take the opportunity to be like, no, I had no idea. I don't know what's going on. I, I care about you. I love you. And then she's like, you're a fucking liar. And then she hears it again. Right. Because it was this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) This long ass sex tape has been playing this whole time. Yeah. And there's a part on the sex tape after she has fallen asleep and he is still awake that he tells her in the lake house, Hey, I love you. And so she hears that on the tape yes. and goes, oh, he must have actually liked Right, because if you tell somebody you love them while they're sleeping and you don't think that they can hear it, clearly you must mean it. Mm-hmm. So, because he didn't know that they were being recorded. Like she, she, he convinces her that he didn't know about the record, that the recording was being made. And he's like, she's like, oh, I was asleep. So you weren't acting. And they rewind. Oh, yeah. They rewind and zoom in and rewind and zoom in. It's yeah. so nice. Cause she's using, so she's using her power yes. to like make sure. So then she's like, oh, you really aren't in on it. But now, cause the house is engulfed in flames. Uh, what? We missed it. We missed the mom. <laughs> Oh, we did miss the mom. That's okay. Finish up, finish up Jesse first. And then we'll go back <laughs> to it. You're right. Yes. I was that... like, something happened. <laughs> so we're going to rewind a little bit. So, but let's go, let's just do this. Okay. Jesse so first. because the house is engulfed in flame, a beam starts to fall, but this time not on purpose. Right. And, um, Rachel sort of moves Jesse and lets the beam fall on her. She's taking this for herself. And of course you could think, but you have powers. Why not just put fly the beam to the other side but whatever okay it's fine you know she's been hit by uh, a flare yeah she's, she, she's been using her powers all night yeah it's fine maybe she's tired maybe she's tired i don't know so the beam falls on her he goes to try to save her but of course burns his arm and he's unable to save her and so she she dies there in the house yes, yes. and there is a little it's a little flashback because early before they start seeing each other they're both in english english class discussing romeo and juliet <gasps> parallels <gasps> and Rachel says, I don't believe in love. Like, there's no such thing as love. Right. And he says, when he's asked about the same question, um, you know, Romeo and Juliet is a perfect love story because if people who live their lives and are in love will be separated by death, they got to die together. Yes. And so, of course, Rachel's trapped under this beam. She's about to die. He says, well, I'm going to stay with you and I'm going to die too. I'm fine. I'll get caught on fire. And she uses the last of her powers to like... Force him out. Flip him to safety. Um, Right before Jesse... And Tracy walk in. Oh, right. When when Rachel is bleeding and just kind of chilling in this burnt out house, <laughs> trying to figure out what her next move is, who shows up but Mama? Right. Because now she's gotten in now after Sue Snell is dead. <laughs> and, she's- and she goes to her daughter because this is a difference from Carrie. She seems to genuinely love Rachel and care right. about her well-being. But now we know she also genuinely has a mental illness. Right. So yeah. she goes over, she grabs her daughter and she's like, Oh my God, are you okay? I'm here for you. I was so worried about you. And then she stares at her. She's all covered in blood. She's got the weird tattoo on her face yep. now. And she's like, you're not my kid. You're not my kid. <laughs> and she drops her ass, just drops her onto the concrete and books And just tips so, just walks her on her way out. So funny. And it shouldn't be. It should be heartbreaking. She's like, mama. mama. And you're just like, oh. Bitch <laughs> was crazy. Should have left her in Arkham. Should have left her there, Susan. Somebody's going to scoop her up and put her back in there. She's never going to know what happened. She's, she's crazy. She's not. I'm not going to know. 
<laughs> and there's a little unnecessary flash forward where Jesse is in college. Yeah. And he, he thinks he sees her. She comes through the window, but it's a nightmare. But it's a nightmare, right? And we see his burned arm from the fire. And he yeah. does. He does adopt the injured dog. Before. Yeah, there was before it was so Rachel had a dog in her foster home that she right was, the the one that got injured. Right, that got in, and so he does have the dog in his dorm room because clearly the foster family didn't like it. It's like f this dog, and so he got to have it at a. Oh yeah, and then that's the end. That's yeah, it. and that's yeah. the end. That's that's the rage, the rage. Carrie too, which is a very quintess. It's ninety nine, but between the production and it's just it's very late ninety. It's perfect late nineties. It is as a movie just, If you are a child of the nineties, you're gonna be like, oh, I had that dress. Oh, I had those shoes. It's Ooh. just. Mm. Mm. enjoyable yeah. but painful all at the <laughs> yes. same time I can't believe we used to look like this God, on purpose <laughs> on purpose wild <laughs> alright well that was Carrie I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed it the second time the second time, time. Yeah, I know I this, still, was, I still this enjoy is equally fun it. yes good, good for us good for us look at us being responsible right? we record, we record things <laughs> uh, but until next time thanks for listening thanks for listening thanks for listening